Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan. With me again this week is Ryan, but we are without Matt this week, Ryan. And that kind of sounded bad. He's still with us. He's not. We're not without him. Uh, he's he had some issues with his power at his house tonight while we were recording. So that's not going to work out. So we will remember him fondly uh, until he joins us again next week. Ryan, uh, how was week seven for you? Uh, it was it was not good. I think like like a lot of people, <laughs> at least according to uh, to Twitter. I know there was there was a lot of complaining about low scoring and fluky scoring and some players that were on, maybe on fantasy benches like. Chase Edmonds and Marvin Jones and and even Aaron Rodgers uh, really really going off and, and putting up some big numbers. So it it was definitely a weird week. Yeah, weird week for sure. As I went through throughout my leagues, I noticed a lot of lower scores than were probably typical. Um, we are recording on Sunday, so some of that could could change with the Sunday night and Monday night game, of course. Some high-powered offenses still to play this week. But let's get into these matchups that happened on Sunday, Ryan. And we should start, I guess I said let's start with the, the matchups from Sunday. Let's start with the Thursday night game, Ryan. Yeah, let's do that one. It's, it's kind of a bummer to even think about that game because, of course, that included the injury to Patrick Mahomes. And uh, really, in just the, the few days since that's happened, things have, have quickly changed. As of Thursday night, it seemed like that could be a season-ending injury for Mahomes. And, and then as of Sunday morning pregame, there were reports from Adam Schefter and, and others that it it could just be three missed games for Mahomes. So hopefully that's the case, whether you own Patrick Mahomes in your dynasty league or not, we want to see him on the field. He's, he's one of the best in the league and he certainly has a big impact on his, uh, his surrounding teammates. I started really to focus on that injury and to list Mahomes, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, all as dynasty buys. Uh, I saw a lot of conversation from the dynasty community suggesting to pivot off of those guys for other uh, similarly ranked players. If you're a a dynasty contender and and trying to stay a contender this season, Uh, I would go the other way though and and try to buy those guys. But the other player I want to buy separate of 
the injury is the rookie Mecole Hardman. Uh, we saw him with another touchdown on Thursday night before uh, before Mahomes left the game, and he's already put up five games this year as as a inside the top 40 wide receivers. He's the wide receiver 42 overall in the season, despite not playing at all uh, the first week or two. And, and he's seeing, seeing the deep targets from Mahomes, which is, which is a big deal in that offense. Obviously he's, he's had three targets of 20 yards or more. He's had six targets between 11 and 20 yards. And, and that's all on uh, only a total of 28 targets. And then the other thing for me is, is just the health of Sammy Watkins uh, we we hate to even talk about it because it seems to happen every year, but uh, the guy just can't stay healthy, and Hardman seems like the one who can really take advantage of that. Yeah, you know, the one thing I think with this, and I, I agree that at some point at least all of these Chiefs should probably be be buys for us dynasty owners. The only thing I, I feel like is, is maybe that that point we're we're not quite there just yet. Uh, we might want to see a week or or so of Matt Moore under helm and, and see if there's a there are a little bit of struggles. See if we get those uh, two and three catch games from those star receivers and, and the big names and, and maybe even Hardman goes and disappears. Um, that price may come down a little bit, but most likely the closer we get, the more time that passes, the closer we get to Mahomes returning. And that's a mess, Ryan. You know, we see a different report. It feels like every hour during pregame on Sunday morning, we saw one from Rappaport that said could be up to six weeks, I think. And then an hour later, it sounded like uh, there were more reports coming out that saying, it, oh, it might not only be the three weeks. I, I don't think any of us really know. Um, I'm not I'm not holding my breath by any means. There's a lot of injuries where dynasty and fantasy owners everywhere were you know, really counting on guys coming back uh, because there was a report out there and we're all still waiting for A.J. Green. How many of us were thinking, oh, I bought him in the offseason after the injury, thinking he'll miss three or four games. And now we're, we're going to be waiting until after the trade deadline, it appears, and it could be even longer after that. So when it comes to these Chiefs, I'm a little bit... Uh, risk averse, I guess, by saying I don't know if right now is the best time to buy because the value may go down even a little bit more. If you think about it in your leagues and, and somebody stacked Mahomes with uh, Tyreek Hill or or maybe maybe a trio of these guys from Kansas City, that, that owner is probably towards the top of the standings. If he panics at all after a couple of bad games, you might be able to score them. So I'm not sure if this is the perfect time to be sending out those offers and and trying to buy. The the price may drop a little, but you're right. They may be a little bit more available today than they were before the Mahomes injury. One other thing I wanted to say about Hardman specifically, since you did focus in on him, Ryan, uh, snap-wise, Tyreek Hill, 53 snaps on Thursday night. Demarcus Robinson, 49 snaps on Thursday night as well. Nicole Hardman was all the way down there at 29 snaps. So number four on the team, Byron Pringle just played 14. So, you know, his usage is down there. Once that wide receiver depth chart is is full once again, and Sammy Watkins is there, uh, who knows how, how much he goes down. It just feels to me, everything pointed to Nicole Hardman's value dropping more, and maybe there'll be another opportunity it's, it's hard to really put your finger on the pulse of what to do with these guys, though. Let's move on to the Los Angeles Rams and the Atlanta Falcons. I had this game, Ryan, and the Rams went into Atlanta and stomped 
the Falcons, and there was nothing any anybody in Atlanta could do, specifically Calvin Ridley. Just four catches, once again, 30 yards on six targets. I am still buying Calvin Ridley, though, Ryan. It, it, you know, it's amazing. I think I mention it every other week or so that Ridley's off the field. I, I, I constantly watch them play, and I see Mohamed Sanu and Russell Gage and Justin Hardy on the field, and, and they pan over to the sideline, and, and standing next to Dan Quinn is Calvin Ridley. They'll be at the 21-yard line, and, and Russell Gage will get the quick out, and I'm thinking to myself, man, don't you want an athlete that can make a move, make somebody miss a uh, good route runner running that route? I guess they don't because Ridley – there are games where he's under 60% of the snaps and, and we see guys like Hardy engage in the in the 30% range. That just doesn't make sense to me. Reports on Sunday afternoon and evening said that head coach Dan Quinn could be on the hot seat and they're, they're kind of evaluating the situation. I guess it's unknown how much that might change Ridley's usage if Quinn is fired. But so many of us dynasty owners, Ryan, are upset about the inconsistency, him not being on the field, the up and down games. He has only two games with at least five catches. He's averaging just 36 receiving yards per game in the other five games. His four touchdowns have saved his fantasy value at least to some some level, Ryan. Recent trades have Calvin Ridley going with a fourth round pick for a 2021st, that's a slam dunk. I'm trading a first for Ridley, especially if I'm in the middle of the road or, or a, a contender this year. Ridley and Latavius Murray for Devin Singletary, AJ Green, and a 2021 second. Ridley and a first for Le'Veon Bell and Zach Ertz. Uh, just a few more Ridley for Ty Johnson and a 2021st. Ridley for Sterling Shepard and a 2022nd. That's a slam dunk. Ridley for Foles. Boykin, a 2021 first, second, and third in Superflex. A lot of these trades are pretty easy takes for me, Ryan. I don't know what your thoughts are on Ridley now that we're six games in and we've seen some of this inconsistency that he did have as a rookie last year. How do you feel about acquiring Ridley and specifically those prices that I just mentioned? Well, first of all, I'm just shocked that you would choose Calvin Ridley as your buy. Totally shocking. Uh, But... No, I, I I agree with most of what you said. First of all, it is it is really frustrating to see the usage uh, and to see some of these guys who um, are, are not even in the ballpark when it comes to talent compared to Calvin Ridley, and they're on the field and he's not. I mean, honestly, he should just he should never come off the field for that for that Falcons team. I, I don't know with. There, there is obviously a lot of uncertainty. It does seem like Dan Quinn is not long for that team, whether it be this week or, or the next couple of weeks. It, it's got to be frustrating as a Falcons fan because they spent the entire offseason, uh, one, getting some of their key players healthy from last year uh, who were hurt. Devontae Freeman on offense. Many of their top defenders were lost last year to injury. They they all seem to be healthy, and, and things looked ready to go this year. And uh, now we've seen some of them get injured again. We've seen the rest of them just, just disappoint. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if Dan Quinn being fired would even change the situation much because what we're seeing with Dirk Cutter this year, as you mentioned, is is basically what we saw last year with – a different offensive coordinator. So I'm not, I'm not sure we're seeing the same problems even with different schemes, different coaches. 
that said, obviously Ridley is a talented young wide receiver um, tied to uh, tied to a good quarterback. And looking at these prices, I think you he has to be in that buy category. I agree with you. Uh, Murray is I'm sorry, Ridley is a slam dunk at at that cost. Yeah, there's just too many values in there. I don't even think I mentioned the Ridley and Emmanuel Sanders for Curtis Samuel and Sterling Shepard deal, but most of them are centered around a single first-round pick and and throw-in type players. If that's the cost for Kelvin Ridley, I'm going to add him in the places where I can. Uh, It's it's certainly a guy that, and you mentioned it, with, with a coaching change, a defensive head coach, first of all, I think the obvious way that your mind goes is, well, a change there isn't going to change the usage for an offensive player, most likely. I think more than anything, and, and you mentioned Dirt Cutter, if if there's some new blood, if there's a change at the, at the top of the ranks, at the head coach position, maybe that guy forces the playmakers onto the field, whether Dirt Cutter likes it or not. Either way, a change at the head coach probably would transition to a change at the offensive coordinator at the end of the season or going into 2020. And that's what we're really looking for with Ridley. Um, Geez, he's still a wide receiver three or a flex guy for the rest of the season. Um, So I guess if you're a contender and you need a guy to put in your lineup to, to really put you over the top, maybe he's not the best target, but anybody looking down the road, I think Ridley's one of those obvious guys you want to send some offers out for. Let's move on to the Dolphins and the Bills. Once again, the Dolphins stayed in the game, Ryan. Who do we talk about here? Yeah, I guess I drew the short straw this week. I I had to cover the Dolphins game. Uh, And I'm actually going to talk about one of the Dolphins, uh, Mark Walton, the young running back, second-year running back. Uh, we've seen him basically take over that backfield as, uh, as the lead back ahead of Kenyon Drake, ahead of, uh, Kalen Balaj, although both of those players are still, uh, still involved. And I think I've had one of these types of players the past two or three weeks. This is a get whatever you can for him situation. Uh, I would gladly sell Mark Walton for a second. I'd, I think that's probably aiming a little bit high, but I would I would take a couple of third rounders for him. I think we're going to see a completely uh, different team in 2020 and beyond uh, in Miami, and I don't think any of these players, uh, outside of maybe Preston Williams and, and Mike Gusecki, if they can keep get things going, are going to be contributors for for Miami. So Mark Walton just feels like a, a short term. Uh, option right now and and if I can flip him for anything of value I would do that he he has turned in a couple of straight uh, top 25 running back games the past two weeks so there could be a little bit of uh, a little bit of potential for a a flip situation especially with so many injuries and, and bye weeks certainly kicking in looking at some of the recent trades from the DLF trade finder, um, Mark Walton even up for Latavius Murray. Obviously, that one took place before Sunday, but that would be a, an easy deal to make. Uh, Mark Walton for a third and, and a throw-in player. Mark Walton for Josh Oliver. And then I like this idea as well, pairing uh, picks or other players with Walton for upgrades. So Mark Walton in a second for Rashad Penny. Mark Walton in a third for Gardner Minshew. Those are all deals I would get behind. Yeah, you know, I just don't know how sellable he is. I guess that trade finder probably indicates that there are people out there buying. Uh, maybe this game does 
turn the tide just a little bit. You know, Ryan, there was all that news throughout the week that the the Dolphins were ready to hear offers about Kenyon Drake. And I, by the way, I saw your tweet that said, so am I. <laughs> I'm willing to sell him as well. Uh, I thought that was good. But, you know, going into this game, I thought if you're really willing to sell, you're probably going to show off what Kenyon Drake has. And Drake played a secondary role, really. Six carries for 21 yards, while Balaj was that lead guy that you mentioned. Um, I agree with you that you know most of this roster is going to be overturned. There's going to be a lot of change in Miami. I don't know where Mark Walton fits in. He was a fourth-round pick uh, a couple of years ago by the Bengals and then, of course, moved on to, to Miami. It, it's kind of a messy situation. I'm with you. I'm, I'm selling if I can get something for him. It seems like I should get a little bit more than a third-round pick. But I'd probably settle for it if I had to. Yeah, I would as well. Uh, let's move on to another team that we're settling with or that we're very disappointed with, and maybe two teams that, that qualify as such. The Cincinnati Bengals and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars got the win in Cincinnati on Sunday. I hate to say it, but I'm buying again. This is the third in a row. I guess, I guess I'm going to go on a buying spree this week, Ryan, and I'm going to buy a Bengal. And it's Joe Mixon, a guy that went 10 carries for just two yards on Sunday, one catch for two yards, and that one receiving touchdown that really, I guess, saved his fantasy day from being a complete bust and giving owners that that donut. This really isn't a buy recommendation. It's it's a true buy low recommendation, I guess. If, if you can get a discount on Mixon, many of us, many dynasty owners are sick of it. Uh, it happens in all leagues with many different players all over the place. We're starting to really see it with O.J. Howard where he's getting moved off of teams and people are starting to sell low. If you can get the Joe Mixon owner to sell low, this is probably about the time to do it. Um, four games with 17 rushing yards or less so far this season. He hasn't scored a rushing touchdown yet, Ryan. So it's probably not a move you're going to make if you're a contender because you're you're looking for guys to put in your lineup that can – uh, move you up the standings and can potentially give you a championship. I don't think Joe Mixon's doing that this year. I'm concerned even beyond this year because of where he plays and you know all the dysfunction in Cincinnati. I'm a little hesitant to buy Joe Mixon, but he's he's a target if you're re- rebuilding nonetheless, don't you think? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just really worried, and, and you have to be worried about this uh, this Bengals offense. And I really am starting to think that the success we saw from Joe Mixon last year was, was kind of the exception to the rule and, and more of an outlier itself rather than this year being the outlier. And, and it has less to do with Mixon than it does the entire situation in Cincinnati. Obviously there's some uh, poor leadership at the top with, with their owner uh, I don't think any Bengals fans would would disagree with that or, or would support him. But, I mean, the offensive line is terrible. Everybody is seemingly calling for Andy Dalton's job year after year, and, and they, don't, uh, they don't do anything to upgrade that. So this really just feels like a situation I would want to avoid. Yeah, for the most part, I am too. And, and you know, while I do call him a buy, I looked at the trade finder as, as you did with, with some of the others, with Walton and such. Mixon and two-thirds for Josh Jacobs. I think I want the Josh Jacobs side of that one. Mixon and a third for James Conner and a second. 
I'd rather have James Conner in that that package and then mix in for Paris Campbell a first and a 2022nd. Boy, that you can sell me on the the package on that side as well. It doesn't seem to me that that owners are selling particularly low. I'm not willing to buy at the price that Joe Mixon was coming into the season. He seems closer to that according to those trades that I see than maybe what I expect him to be. So unless you can get, do better than that, Ryan, it seems like you're going to hold out for better. Yeah, I got a I got a question today prior to the games on Sunday that that I couldn't answer or I at least uh, I at least had to stop and think about. Would you buy Joe Mixon for a random 2021st? It's difficult to do so, especially considering the class that's upcoming and and those running backs that are that are only a few months away from us. Watching Mixon play, every carry makes you cringe. Stuffed at the line of scrimmage or or lost yardage, not even having the opportunity to, you know, show off those dazzling moves and and even lower his shoulder for positive yardage. It's so frustrating. I guess I guess I would if I knew it was a late first, but you said random, and if it's a random first, like if I'm a contender, I can't really put him into my lineup, so I, I don't think I'm given given a bottom of bottom four pick for him necessarily. Oh, it's difficult. Yeah, that's that's basically where I landed. Certainly, if it looks like a top five pick, and and we throw that term random first around, we're six weeks in, seven weeks into the year now. Uh, We've got a good idea of where these picks are going to land, and teams can turn things around. But you know, if it's a playoff first, or if it's a if it's a going to be a in the top half of the round, and if that's the case, if it if it looks like a top five, top six pick, I'm certainly not giving that for Joe Mixon. Yeah, it's it's difficult uh, for sure. He's he's a hard guy to to gauge the value of right now. I'll be interested to see what kind of kind of moves we see following another dud game from Joe Mixon. What that trade finder shows us uh, as to Joe Mixon's value going forward. Let's move on to the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts, Ryan. Yeah, I wanted, wanted to look at Zach Pascal here, the the player who has basically taken over as the number two wide receiver for the Colts. There's, it, it seems like every year there's that question about who that wide receiver two is going to be behind T.Y. Hilton. Uh, this year, of course, we, we thought it might be Devin Funchess, or, or it was set to be Devin Funchess. He uh, is out for the year with an injury. We thought it might be Paris Campbell. He's missed time with an injury and, and has, has shown he's not quite ready. We thought it might be Deion Kane. He's not lived up to, to expectations it's been Zach Pascal in, in two out of the past three games. He's uh, seen seven targets in two out of those last three. He's uh, He already has a couple of top 35 wide receiver games, so we're, we're talking about um, mid to low wide receiver three overall. And then this week he pops with uh, six catches, 106 yards, two touchdowns. That's good as of right now for the wide receiver two on the week. And – uh, so I think in my leagues, he's mostly still unowned. So he's a guy I would suggest to add. I don't think if he did, if he did get picked up already, I don't think I can recommend buying him, paying anything for him. But if he's still sitting out there on the waiver wire, this is still going to be a team that passes the ball a ton. And, and he's a guy that's worth a roster spot. Yeah. Worth a roster spot 
For sure. And what was most interesting for Dynasty owners that watched that game, Ryan, is how he's been used to this point, especially against Houston on Sunday. It seemed like that Indianapolis offensive coaching staff is designing chances to get him the football. We saw a shovel pass that turned into a touchdown, you know, those quick touch passes, uh, fingertip passes from the quarterback that turned into a touchdown. Another like short uh, crossing, shallow crossing route um, where he was good after the catch and and, and made somebody miss for, for a t- touchdown as well. Um, I'm a big Paris Campbell believer. I think he'll have that role at some point, but Pascal certainly is playing the role to this point. And like you said, worthy of a roster spot. Uh, I'm not, the one thing about him is I'm not quite sure if I'm willing to put him into my lineup yet going into week eight. Uh, maybe that changes if he has a, another big game. We'll see as as things progress here. If, the one thing I'm thinking about here, though, Ryan, if you pick him up and somebody offers you the third, are you taking the third? Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I'm taking the third, and then I'm gonna I'm going to uh, go offer maybe a second and a third, or a prospect and a third for Paris Campbell, and try to buy him low as well. Nice move. I'm on board. I, I think I've mentioned Paris Campbell as a buy low a couple of times here, uh, so I'm on board as well. Let's move on to the Raiders and the Packers. The Packers ran away with this one because of some big mistakes by the Raiders at the goal line. I'm going to recommend a sell finally here, Ryan. I'm going to go with Jamal Williams. Three carries for just five yards, four catches for 26, though, and a receiving score. So that's back-to-back Strong fantasy games for Jamal Williams, 26.6 points back in week six on that Monday night football win against the Lions, and then 13.1 PPR points in week seven against the Raiders. It's pretty clear, Ryan, that that Aaron Jones is the obvious running back one in Green Bay. He had 16 touches uh, compared to just seven for Jamal Williams on Sunday. Um he was recently traded for a 2022nd, according to the trade finder. That seems a little bit uh, strong. If you can get a second, it's pretty obvious you sell Jamal Williams. Another one was Williams for a third. That happened last week. I'm. It feels like it's somewhere between there, especially with the 13-point scoring this week. There's a lot of teams in most leagues looking for running back help, a guy to stick into that wide or running back two spot, especially with the, in the middle of these bye weeks with all the injuries that are piling up, Ryan. Uh, I like Williams as a sell. Your thoughts? Uh, I totally agree. I also agree that I think it would be a stretch in most leagues to expect a second rounder, but I would be willing to pair a third rounder with Williams to get that second, uh, get the pick upgrade in that way. I think that's, that's a deal that, you know, you could see happen in, in several leagues in many leagues. Um, yeah, with, with Williams, you just can't count on him. Kind of like we mentioned with Pascal and, and with other players just in that range, it's, it's tough to put him in your lineup, but I, I think every, every league has those players who are just, box score scouting who are looking at the the total fantasy points scored and this week that looks pretty good for Jamal Williams even though he didn't get too many touches for sure before we move on to the Vikings and Lions Ryan I wanted to talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers and and we're gonna do I'm sure Matt won't listen uh so it's fine to say it before 
before we were set to record and, and Matt had the power issues in San Diego, uh, he was he had this game and he was going to suggest Aaron Rodgers as a buy following his big game on Sunday. He, he accounted for six touchdowns for the Packers. No doubt will be the quarterback one for the week. Uh, one of the best fantasy performances of the season at any position, but for sure at quarterback, Ryan. I, you know, it feels to me like this is the chance with the aging Aaron Rodgers to maybe sell to somebody like Matt who wants that, that you know, MVP caliber quarterback, the guy that they can just plug into their lineup every single week. What are your thoughts? I don't think power is all that Matt has lost with this, with suggesting buying Aaron Rodgers. He, he might've lost his mind too. No, just, <laughs> just playing Matt, but uh, <laughs> feel bad for you, buddy. But, I certainly can't see buying Aaron Rodgers, and and I do think that this this huge performance from him maybe uh, creates a selling window instead. That's that's the way I would go, and uh, I, it's fair to say this is that or it's fair to say that Aaron Rodgers will never have another game uh, this good in his career. You know, some some recent trades in super flex leagues and two quarterback leagues, Aaron Rodgers for a second and Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers for Andy Dalton and a second. Those are the types of deals that we're we're seeing with Aaron Rodgers. I think you can you can get more now because of this big big score. He was he was in the forties in in fantasy scoring in week seven. Um Lots of lots of teams, especially again with all these injuries at the quarterback position, lots of teams are looking to to get that guy they can stick in their lineup. I I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan, but I agree, Ryan. He's not going to have another game like that, at least not anytime soon. Maybe only in his dreams or in, in the dreams of of many of us Packer fans. Let's uh, stay in the NFC North here. We got the Vikings, who outlasted the Detroit Lions on Sunday. Ryan, who do we have here? Yeah, this is this is another game I picked up from Matt, and and I'm going to give him some credit on this one after we gave him such a hard time on the last game. Uh, Matt chose Alexander Madison here as a buy, a player to target in in trades, and I think uh, he's spot on. Uh, Dalvin Cook, we saw have another huge game, and as much as I I love to see it, uh, I love the way he's performing this year. He's uh, certainly one of the top running backs and gaining dynasty value. I kind of feel like. It's just a ticking time bomb. And I, I just wonder when is that hamstring injury going to happen? When is that, uh, you know, when is he going to turn an ankle? Whatever it might be. And, and certainly hope it's not uh, worse than that or, or, or anything like that. But Alexander Madison is next in line. We saw, we continue to see him play a small role as, as they lean on Dalvin Cook. And his his value's dropping because of it. Looking at some of the trades, some of the recent trades, Jacoby Brissett and a third rounder for Madison, and that's that's in a one quarterback league. Madison for a, a future third and a future fourth, just feels like stealing. And then a similar trade to one that we suggested earlier, Madison and a third rounder for a second rounder. Uh, I'm easily on the Alexander Madison side of of all of those. Yeah, those are all deals that I'm doing as well, Ryan. And you, and you mentioned Cook, and he did have that huge game. 25 carries, 142 yards, and two touchdowns. Also caught one pass in the game. But that workload is building for, for Cook, and we'll see how that 
wears on his body as the season progresses. Um, at 20, 20 touches in every game except one, and that was against Philadelphia in week six, where he had just 18. Uh, man, that, you know, I worry as well. I hope it doesn't come. As a Delvin Cook owner in a few places, I enjoy watching him play. He scored in, in every single game this year, with the exception of just one at the Giants, where he had a really big game yardage and catches wide, so, so that really made up for it. Clear conversation is one of the top running backs in our game. Um, but I think in all of our minds, every dynasty owner's minds, we're all waiting for that limping off the field. It's not just last year, his rookie season, when he started off so hot and then went down with the injury. It goes back all the way to his college days at Florida State, where it seemed like every few weeks there was a nagging injury and it would drag him down. I really hope it doesn't happen. But if it does, Madison is a guy you're going to want on your team, not only on your team, but probably in your lineup as your running back one. That's how. That's what we can expect out of him. Um, there's a lot of redraft players that are holding on to Madison, waiting for that chance and waiting to get that guy into their lineup. Dynasty owners should definitely be doing the same thing. Let's talk about the sluggish, wet, yucky, nasty game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Washington Redskins, Ryan. They're... There isn't a lot to talk about in this one. So I'm going to go to a guy that I've been thinking about for a few weeks as a player that I'm trying to acquire on my teams. That's wide receiver Dante Pettis for the 49ers. Just two targets on Sunday in the rain. Did not catch any of them. There was, I really thought he was in for a big game this week. The matchup looked good. Recent usage, targets, snaps. He's, he's been the most used 49ers receiver. Seems like he's the wide receiver one now again in San Francisco based on the usage. But a big fat donut in week seven for Dante Pettis and all of his dynasty owners that slid him into their lineups as like a wide receiver three, wide receiver four flex play. Um, there was a lot of hype this week for good reason. Like I mentioned, the matchup, Pettis' usage recently, Bad weather was a factor here, though, and it seems like dynasty owners may not take that into account, or some may not take that into account. Recent trades that we found on the Trade Finder, Pettis for a 2022nd. That happened a couple times in the last week. Pettis for Jordan Reed in a 2022nd. Pettis for Cole Beasley. That one's a slam dunk for sure. Pettis in a third for Kenny Stills in a second. It seems like that price tag, Ryan, is right around a second-round pick. Uh, if you can do any better than that, it seems like an easy decision for me. I know you've kind of fallen on the other side of the Pettis argument. At what point are you selling and, and are you buying at any point? Yeah, Pettis is still a player I, I like. I mean, he's a player I liked even before we saw kind of his mini breakout as a rookie last season. So in general, I would consider myself a buyer, but it's just it's really hard to still uh still support him and still still be a fan of his when we've seen this usage and uh, it's not just a pettis issue Uh, garoppolo has not played well that that entire passing offense has not performed well and they're still six and oh their running game is is tearing things up their defense is is certainly leading the way so when you're undefeated you you can't expect a team to make many changes they're going to keep doing 
what they've been doing these first six games, and that's been successful. So they're not going to suddenly start feeding Dante Pettis uh, targets like like many thought they would uh, this week, including myself. Again, it seems like this is a buy, Ryan, that it is difficult to do if you're a contender because if you're buying anything, you want to you want to get a guy that you can put in your lineup right away, a guy that can score you some points and take you to the next level, and it doesn't appear that Pettis could be that way. Things may change. That offense may open up at some point. But like you said, they're not going to change what they're doing. They're obviously a running defensive team that supplements that with the passing game and shots down the field. Uh, every now and then to keep a defense honest. If Pettis can't get regular work, you're not going to be able to use him. If you're not a contender, though, if you're a a fringe playoff team, maybe that's the point where you're spending a mid-second on Dante Pettis. Otherwise, it's hard to find a way to to acquire Pettis if you're a a contender or if you're in a true rebuild where that could be a high second-round pick. You might want that guy, that player that you can get in that draft more than you want Dante Pettis at this point when he's in that offense. The Pettis for Cole Beasley one, though. That, oh, yeah. That one. That oh, one yeah. Easy. Let's do that one. All right, Ryan. Let's talk about the Los Angeles Chargers and the Tennessee Titans. This was a crazy game. Lots of fun to watch. There was some drama at the end of it. Who do we want to talk about in wow. this one? Yeah, it's, it's not a good time to be a Chargers fan. That was, that was rough. Uh, a rough way to end that game. Not a good time to be a Melvin Gordon Gordon owner. No, either. no, that was, uh, wow, what a, what a finish. There's people that <laughs> lost on that fumble for sure. That could have been a touchdown on the play before. Oh, we'll look brutal. at the other side of the ball and and the other side of the other sideline with the Titans and Johnny Smith, the the young tight end. This is a guy that uh, Dan, I know you and I have both been a fan of. It it feels like he's been in the league forever. It feels like we've been expecting him to take over for Delaney Walker forever. And and it just has never happened, including last year when Walker had, had the injury. Um, Smith did kind of have a hot streak late last season. And I think it's slowly and and subtly starting again. We we've seen him out snap uh, and outplay Delaney Walker in uh, three of the past four weeks, including today when Walker did not have a catch uh, and Johnny Smith, uh, led the team in receiving. So I, I, I just think this, this feels like a, a pretty easy buy at this point. If you're in a shallow dynasty league, he could still be on the waiver wire and would certainly recommend adding him. But th- there's just so many young tight ends around the league. I think we talk about at least one of them every week. And, and Smith, because it's his uh, third year in the league, I believe we, we've almost kind of forgotten or given up on him. But now I think things are just getting started for his career. Yeah, it truly feels that way. And I'm one of those, like you mentioned, I've been a fan and I've been a guy that has been holding on to Jonu Smith. Unfortunately, I play, I play in a lot of contract leagues and we're running out of time from on my team. Uh, he's probably going to move on at some point, either after this offseason or after next. So I've been waiting on it, hoping for the best. And it appears he could be on the cusp of some kind of breakout. Uh, the, the injury to Delaney Walker is reoccurring at this point. Of course, he came back and played this week and didn't come back after re-aggravating that injury down the field, that ankle injury uh, in the game on in Week 7. Um, it seems like that transition is happening, and, and maybe if Tannehill is on the field, that helps this. We'll see. I'm buying as well. Um, what's the cost at this point, Ryan? 
Like I said, he, he hasn't had that huge breakout game. I mean, of course, we know that the Titans passing offense has, has been lacking. We, uh, we saw a little bit of a turnaround today, or quite a bit of a turnaround, actually, with Ryan Tannehill getting the start. Uh, he threw for over 300 yards. That's the first time that's happened uh, for the Titans offense this season. So really, the, the takeover by Smith uh, from Walker has really just been a matter of uh, snaps and, and targets. And because he hasn't had that big game, he hasn't scored a touchdown yet this year, I think he, you can still buy him for, um, you know, you can maybe get him for a third or maybe a couple thirds. Yeah, I'm buying him for a third, no doubt. Uh, if you're, when we all are, it seems like looking for that tight end, that guy to stash away so we're not into the same problems that we're in in 2019 when there's only a handful of guys that we're willing to put in our starting lineups. If we're looking to sidestep that in the future and have that guy on our roster already that could do the breakout that we've seen from others, uh, guys like Mark Andrews and, and, and many others, He's a he's one of those targets. So get ahead of it for 2020 and maybe even late this season by adding Jonu Smith. He shouldn't be on any waiver wires following this coming Wednesday or Thursday, though, once waiver wires run this week. Ravens and Seahawks. The Ravens blew this one wide open because of their defense in the fourth quarter. I'm going to go back to the well on this one, Ryan. I think we've talked about it at least once this year. Mark Ingram. He's a sell. 12 carries, 46 yards, one catch for seven yards. So not the biggest Mark Ingram day. He didn't uh, put up that big number that we're willing to or we're hoping to capitalize on. That's for sure. Um, we've seen trades here in the past where uh, where we see him going straight up for a second. We see Mark Ingram going for a second and a third. Mark Ingram for Kalen Balage and a second. Those those are the types of deals we're seeing uh, with Mark Ingram. It doesn't feel like that's the wrong price. Uh, I don't think you're getting more than a second round pick for Mark Ingram, Ryan. And the usage here recently is a little bit scary. It it seems like they're not uh, entrenching Mark Ingram as their number one tailback anymore. They're they're certainly mixing in Gus Edwards a lot more. He had eight carries for 35 yards this past week at Seattle. The week before, six carries for 34, five, six, seven, 17 carries, of course, back in week one. But they're not allowing Mark Ingram to be the guy in that offense. His catches have gone down week in and week out. It seems like not not no more than two catches in each of the four, the last four games, not putting up big yardage numbers, not a target in the red zone. So he's slowly becoming that running back that we're really depending on touchdowns from. What are your thoughts on, on Ingram as we go forward? Can, can we just straight up take a second for Mark Ingram and hope we get a better player in the draft next year than what he'll be at that point? Yeah. And I think that's the play. I think his name value, I think the success of the Ravens, uh, and specifically the Ravens running game this year s- still makes that a trade, uh, a feasible trade that you can make. I think you can get a second for him in most leagues, even if you have to take that middle or or maybe even a potential later second round pick. I'm still doing that. Um, I mean, on top of everything you mentioned with um, his usage decreasing, we're seeing we're seeing Lamar Jackson take over as a runner. Uh, he's now got uh, Lamar Jackson now has a hundred yards rushing and a rushing touchdown in each of the past two games. Uh, 
this week was his third 100 rushing yard game of the season that ties the NFL record already on the season. And he still has uh, obviously nine games to play. So Lamar Jackson's going to break that record and he's going to keep running the ball uh, because that's, that's how they won. They have not won because of Mark Ingram and that alone tells us he should be a sell. Ryan, it feels to me that like last call to get a second round pick might be coming. Like it may not be that far away with Mark Ingram. Do you have the same fear? Yeah. Yeah. I think I believe you, well, you mentioned that we had talked about him uh, earlier in the season. I think I talked about him and had him as a sell in week one. And I, I definitely still feel that way. Yeah. It's, it's, Difficult to say that with a guy that's, you know, putting up running back one numbers on the season so far, already 29 years old, gonna turn 30 right around Christmas. So he's hitting that magical number where you start to really get concerned. Justice Hill, of course, is on the roster as well. He wasn't used in Seattle. Maybe there's a buy opportunity there as well. Are you still trading Mark Ingram even up for Justice Hill? Yeah, sign me up. We might might not be too far away from you having to add something to Justice Hill to make that happen. Or, sorry, add something to Ingram to make Justice Hill come your way. Yeah. Uh, uh, It really feels like the bottom could drop out of that thing at any moment. If there's one injury that keeps him out for a week or two and Justice Hill gets a little better opportunity, we could see a shift in that Baltimore backfield. And you are absolutely correct. The quarterback is the runner that you really want in that backfield. Uh, And nothing's going to change that outside of an injury. Even then, uh, it's going to return to to that value once, once he would return. Let's move on to the Cardinals and the Giants, Ryan. There was a really good running back on the field for the Cardinals, but not the guy that most people would expect would be that Arizona runner. Yeah, I mentioned Chase Edmonds at the top of the show, and I think uh, not so much Chase Edmonds, but the lack of David Johnson really seemed to frustrate some people. Uh, it was it was iffy heading into the weekend if if David Johnson would play. Cliff Kingsbury was quoted on Friday saying that if the game was today, meaning Friday, he would not have played. Uh, and that sent that sent a lot of uh, fantasy players and especially DFS players uh, chasing after Chase Edmonds, which looked like a good idea. We learned Sunday morning that DJ was going to play and, and that I think for most people that caused a a total reversal, getting off Chase Edmonds, taking him out of their lineups, be it DFS or uh, or seasonal or dynasty leagues. And then, of course, we saw Chase Edmonds go crazy with 27 carries, 126 yards, and three touchdowns. He's the RB1 uh, pending Sunday night and Monday night football. I doubt anybody's going to catch him uh, for, for that honor. So uh, at this point, I, Dan, I don't even know what to do with Chase Edmonds. He's, a, he's definitely a guy I want on my team. You look at uh, David Johnson, this, we, would, we would assume this injury is a, a short-term deal and, and we'll likely see him back next week or the week after. But this is the second week in a row he's been dealing with injuries, and it's been different injuries, which is always a concern. It was the back last week, the ankle this week. Uh, as I said, he, he is 27 years old. Chase Edmonds is the second year running back who who today looked like he could do it all. So I want Chase Edmonds on my team, 
but now certainly does not feel like the right time to buy him. Yeah, it doesn't feel that way just because there would probably be a premium. But I think there's probably owners out there that are saying, whoa, this is a gift. David Johnson didn't play and my guy balled out against a really bad defense. Maybe this is the time to capitalize and take that draft pick or take that other young player, whatever it may be. You're obviously going to have to give something to get Chase Edmonds. I'm not sure what that price tag is. I've been holding him everywhere, and maybe we take the cop out, Ryan, and say he's he's an obvious hold unless you can buy him for for cheap enough. Are you are you giving a second for him? You're get, you're giving a second for him, right? Any second round pick? Yeah, I I don't think a second will buy him, and and honestly. I mean, on, on this show every week, we try to talk about recent trades and we talk about ADP and things like that. Uh, with Chase Edmonds, I didn't even research those points because you can throw them all, throw them all out the window as of, as of week seven, as of this week, those things are, are irrelevant. Um, and, and at the very least, I think we can say Edmonds is uh, one of, if not the best backup running back in the league. And, and he is a guy you want on your team. The ideal play is to wait a month, assuming DJ has come back and he's uh, back to his RB one ways, and then you try to buy Chase Edmonds for a second. But if you send that offer now, I, I think you might get laughed at. Yeah, you may. Gonna, yeah, what, I think it's going to take two seconds. Are, are these other, you know, backup running backs? We mentioned Madison. He's an obvious running back one. If Cook goes down, who do you want, Madison or Edmonds? I think I want Edmonds. Yeah, I think I do too. He, he showed enough. He was so smooth. He looked silky smooth, uh, hitting hitting running creases quickly and bursting through for big gains, three huge runs, and just more than anything, didn't look like he was slowing down throughout the game, looked just as good in the fourth quarter. He can handle all that workload. I have him all over. I'm so upset though, Ryan, and this happens to us all the time, you go look at the Adam Schefter tweet and yes, he's going to play. And then yes, he's active. And then, you know, you take the extra step and say, did the, did the Cardinals activate a third running back? Oh, they didn't. They must expect David Johnson. He's going to play. So with all the, with all the, uh, bye weeks and all the injuries, Chase Edmonds was in my lineup in a few places this week. I took him out on Sunday morning thinking DJ is probably going to get most of the workload maybe Edmund scores and I, and I, you know, regret it. I really regretted it as soon as he ran in that second touchdown and turned into that really big game. You mentioned running back one for the week. That's the kind of upside we have with Chase Edmonds going forward. We just may have to wait until he has a backfield to himself. And that's, that's not coming anytime soon. Another big game this afternoon was the Saints and the Bears, but it was a disappointment as the Saints ran away with it, despite the Bears getting a couple onside kicks late. I guess one was reversed. I'm going to go on the Bears side, which is something I really don't like doing, considering that offense and, you know, the quarterback there, um, the trouble they've had calling plays and getting getting players open. I'm going with Allen Robinson, and I, I know it's kind of like buying high. I wish he hadn't caught that touchdown late. In the game, he ended the game on 14 targets, catching 10 balls for 87 yards, and that score. A lot of Dynasty owners would probably be surprised to see that he's on pace for 109 catches for 1,237 yards and eight touchdowns on 157 targets. He's just 26 years old. 
Um, recent trades from the Trade Finder, Robinson for a 2021st, Dawson Knox and a 2025th, Robinson for a first and third, and CJ Procise. So just a throw in there, Robinson for Hunter Henry and Nelson Aguilar. And then a really interesting one, Ryan, Allen Robinson for Nikhil Harry. I want your thoughts on all those trades. But first of all, are you buying Robinson? Is he a guy you really want on your team? Robinson is a guy I want on my team, and I think we've seen a shift from last year. Uh, and, and for the Bears' offense, mostly that is has not been a positive. We've seen um, Mitchell Trubisky really struggle, and, and now there is, are even some whispers that he could be benched. But the change, the shift has been that rather than spreading the ball around all over the field like they did last year to, to multiple targets – Robinson has really become that wide receiver one that we thought he would be and and should be. So um, I I like Robinson as a buy, uh, especially, and honestly, it it sounds crazy, but especially if Trubisky gets benched, uh, I think that could, that would even be a good thing for a Rob. But right now, because of Trubisky struggles, I think the entire offense is being viewed as, uh, as a negative or as a stay away. So even though Robinson has performed well and, and he's on the really incredible pace you mentioned for over 1,200 yards, I think most people are thinking of him as, as a sell rather than a buy. So I actually think it's a great time to, to make some offers for him. I, he got traded on Sunday morning before, foot, before the games kicked off. Damian Harris and a second for Allen Robinson. What do you think of that one? Uh, I would take Robinson there. Uh, obviously, if I'm contending, I I do still like Damian Harris. He's he's another guy we could talk about every week as as a buy low target because I know we all still like him. He just hasn't seen his chance yet. But that's a trade I'm making. Going back to the ones you uh, you talked about, uh, in general, I'm I think I'm probably taking the Robinson side on all those. The the Harry deal is is a close one for sure. Uh, and that, that one probably comes down to uh, what my team looks like. Am I contending? And, and then we've heard reports lately that uh, Nikhil Harry is, is set to come back. He could see an immediate role with, with that team. So uh, probably flipping to Harry on that side, but the others, I think I'm taking a Rob. Yeah, I think I am too. The more I looked into Allen Robinson throughout the week, the more I realized he was he's close to that pace that he set in that magical year with Blake Bordels in Jacksonville where everybody thought after the injury, oh, that was a one-hit wonder. He's nearly on that pace now again with another quarterback that many dynasty owners have questions about. So I'm, I'm back on the Allen Robinson train. I don't think I ever really got off of it. I liked the the price a year ago when he was new to Chicago and that knee wasn't fully healthy uh it's obviously way higher now you're giving a first plus I think I'm given that as well um the trade that I saw in, in my personal league there the second and and uh Harris that was an interesting one because I, I think they decided that well he's not quite worth a first but he's probably worth two seconds and Harris qualifies as a second so that's where they landed, and I'm with you. If you're the contender, you want Robinson. I like I like Harris as well, but geez. One other guy I wanted to ask you about before we get out of here, Ryan, with the Bears, is Anthony Miller. I thought about talking about him, but he's kind of on a surge right now. 
five catches, 64 yards, one carry for negative one yards, rushing against New Orleans in week seven. But before the bye against Oakland over there in London, four catches for 52 yards. He's starting to get healthy following that injury that slowed him down throughout the early part of the season. What are your thoughts on Miller as we move forward? Is he a guy you're targeting and trying to get on your roster, even with that number one receiver already entrenched there in Chicago in Allen Robinson? Miller's not not been a guy uh, really throughout his his career that I've uh, been chasing or been trying to acquire on dynasty teams. So I don't think I have him anywhere. Typically, wouldn't consider him a buy. But I think that that really slow start he had, which I do think was mostly tied to the injury he was trying to return from. Uh, I, I think that just completely zapped his value. I I even saw him dropped in a couple of shallow uh, dynasty leagues. So uh, he's certainly a guy that I would send some offers for. uh, And if kind of like we were talking about with some of the other players, if I can buy him low enough, then I'm willing to do that. I'm not paying a second rounder for him though. Yeah. His value is dead. According to the trade finder in the last week, Anthony Miller for a 2021 third Anthony Miller for Benny Snell. I guess you could probably have a conversation about that. Some people would fall on the Snell side. I personally like the Miller side. Anthony Miller and a fourth for a third. Anthony Miller for Auden Tate. These He's almost free, Ryan. He's a guy I want as my last guy at my roster if those are the prices, for sure. Yeah, and, and those are those are basically the prices I would... I would be comfortable paying. Like I said, I'm not not giving a second rounder for him, but it is encouraging to see the past couple of games he's he's started to bounce back. Yeah, starting to bounce back. He was a guy a lot of us were excited about, especially in the preseason in his rookie season. Uh, moving up that depth chart, there seemed to be an opportunity. If that injury was all that was slowing him down, he's getting more healthy. Maybe we'll see a surge from him as the season progresses that's going to do for this episode of the dlf dynasty podcast matt we missed you this week but we're looking forward to having you back next week buddy hope that electricity gets back on soon for ryan i'm dan thanks for listening to the dlf dynasty podcast we'll catch you again next week